1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com.
0: Yeah, they got after us pretty good today. Uh, we didn't control the ball offensively, and uh, we didn't make enough plays defensively. So, you uh, know, you're yeah. going to have to get a lot better quickly. Yeah,
1: you're going to have to get a lot better. That's uh that's the assessment right there. Welcome into Purple Daily. We're going to dive into Vikings statements following that debacle against the Colts and Vikings statements just sort of state of the franchise after an 0-2 star. But uh, what's that I hear in the background? What's that... Uh... Oh, is that a can of Corona hard seltzer Wow, at work uh, today, Declan? Is speaking it one of, those of Mondays?
0: getting after it, Mike Zimmer, you have uh, no idea what uh, I got into <laughs> this weekend. And uh, it's because my friend's a Corona hard seltzer. And I think uh, Zim's going to need a couple. Kirk Cousins is going to need a couple. Gary Kubiak, maybe. And even uh, Rick Spielman. You guys can all get a little round. Of Corona Hard Seltzer, there's a gr- bunch of different flavors. I know you guys can w- do it. When
1: Philip Rivers gets done with a game like that, a very satisfying game, I just envision him going stone cold Steve
0: Austin with a couple Corona oh, Hard yeah. Seltzers,
1: just ah. pouring, pouring a couple mangoes all has over. One, yeah. That might have been <laughs> me. On,
0: twelve of his kids. <laughs> that might have been me on Saturday night. I cannot confirm or deny. Uh, this month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavors that allow you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural fruit flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Football. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the day we wanted, and um,
0: you know we'll have to go back and really learn from it. uh, Watch the film, watch the film. um, You know, really get a better understanding of how we can be better as a as a unit. How I can be better as
2: a quarterback, and um, you know that'll be our. I focus, you know, tonight and tomorrow and moving forward through the week.
1: Okay. Welcome into Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing. What are you going to learn from that game? And I, I, I want to start this thing off here with you guys. Okay. We're going to get into Vikings statements. And we'll do this after every Vikings games. Vikings statements, definitive declarative things that we can say about the Vikings following whatever happens. In this case, another debacle loss from this point forward. I never want to hear another quarterback say after a disaster performance, "We just got to look at the film." I'm not really sure what happened there. Yeah, the, uh, Do you know the, what that the, means. The house was on fire for three hours. I but I just got. To, got to,
2: I got to look at the film. That means the you film. have. That means you have absolutely no clue as to what just transpired, and so you're just going to say something that really ultimately, in this case, makes no sense because there's nothing to be learned from that game. Look at the film. You suck. What is- hey, I, I suck. I learned something,
1: but like, look at the. I mean, Bill Belichick does that. We just got to look at the film because that's the answer he's given for twenty yeah. years. But I would, I don't know, I'm not going to be super nitpicky about. I don't really care what Kirk Cousins says after a game like that. But like, if you're going to say anything, I just say, you know what, I got to be better. Oh, just, just like,
2: right. just own it. But that's the first just statement, right? It.
1: Andrew Luck actually used to be the most annoyingly brilliant. Andrew Luck would like because he was the only good player on that Colts team for like three of his six years. Where they didn't have an offensive line, they traded for Trent Richards. They traded a first-round pick for a crappy uh, bust running back, and they'd get you know the defense would give up forty points or something, and Andrew Luck would throw for three thirty and four touchdowns. And after every game, he'd be like, "I just got to be better." Yeah, that, that loss is on me. It's like Andrew, your team give up fifty points. I, I got to be better. But that's like that's the type of leadership that I want. But if you're Kirk,
2: but if you're Kirk Cousins and, and you are making as much as he is towards the cap. Don't you go to the Zoom call, sit down, put on your cousin's headphones and say, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to start by saying this. I was awful today. Let's just talk about that. Like I was. Has he care- ever said that? No. No. The, the Packers interception last
1: year. He's never. The Bears interception. I don't
2: ever remember him selling himself out to the point where you say, you know what? That's a leader.
1: I would have felt great. Remember that speech that Tim Tebow made after the Florida lost like 12 years ago, Florida lost the game to Ole Miss or something. Yeah. And Tim Tebow a statue, read a handwritten letter to the media. I think it was like the next day. Cause yeah. he had to have time to, to write the letter. I don't think he wrote it in the post game locker room. I think it was the next day. And he like opens up this crumpled piece of paper. And he basically says, I would just like to apologize to our fans, to you guys, the media, to everyone in the locker room. Like, What we did on Saturday was unacceptable. Like I need Kirk Cousins at this point after an 0-2 start to have a handwritten, crumpled up piece of paper at the Wednesday press conferences and read it to the media over a Zoom call and apologize about 100 times. Like a chalkboard? Yes.
2: I I will not throw to Thielen every time next game. I'll write that 100 times like a Simpsons.
1: So let's (laughs) let's get into it, Deck. Let's fire up some appropriate music here. Absolutely. And we're just going to call this Vikings Statements on Purple Daily. And there are a lot of them. Today. So definitive declarative things that you would like to say about the Minnesota Vikings, players, the team as a whole, whatever, the broadcast team, what, like literally whatever it is, we'll go around the room. Judd Zilge, go ahead.
2: All right. In the vein of beginning to think that it might be a very good idea to tank for Trevor, Daniil Hunter can't save your season. So don't worry about bringing him back. He has a neck injury, and I realize that that there's different reports on on how serious that is. He for sure is out through uh, the Week 3 game against the Titans. But we also don't know. Nobody said he's coming back for sure in Week 4.
1: Yeah, it's just like he's on the IR, and we know that it has to be three weeks.
2: And he can come back after three weeks, but nobody's confirmed he's going to. And he's done some work on the side, but I don't think... Anyway, Daniil Hunter, my statement is, can't save your season. So don't worry about it. So, what would have to happen
1: for you to feel good about bringing Daniel Hunter back? Like they'd probably have to roll off a couple wins and get back to five hundred or something going into October, right? Like if they were two and if they won their next two games, which can I
2: (laughs) can I tell you this flat out? There is nothing that can happen after those two games that will make me feel good about bringing Hunter back because there's nothing ultimately constructive that's going to happen in 2020. This team is too flawed, and so. Best case, and I I think we broached this topic on vent line that we do on Sunday. Best case they might sneak into the playoffs. Okay, you snuck in. You've done that before. Um there's no I, I will answer you that I will answer your question by saying this. There's nothing that they can do in the next two weeks or coming weeks that are gonna make me feel good about twenty twenty. That doesn't mean that this roster is destined to be terrible in twenty one. But I would prefer that you almost put the kibosh on Hunter's season entirely as quickly as possible because he's going to help you a little. He's not going to save you. So what?
1: No. All right, Declan, Viking State. We'll just keep going, we'll just keep going here.
0: Well, uh, if you're in a home run, write that down edition. I predicted the Vikings to go 14-2, and two, so naturally they're going to roll off 14 straight wins you're, here. Right? You're
1: sitting in a great spot right now. No, yeah. I,
0: I, in all seriousness, uh, I, would, I would say I'm really confused on what Gary Kubiak is doing. Like, I, I, What are you doing, Gary? Like he he goes pass heavy to start, then he then he flips it and gives the ball to Dalvin a, a decent amount, but then you can't really run the ball when you're down a whole lot. And Dalvin Cook's not getting involved in the passing game. Like I still like Gary Kubiak. I'm gonna give him a plenty more of a leash than just two games as the full-time OC. And obviously he had a big influence on last year's success with Kevin Stefanski. But what are you doing, Gary? I think that would be my first statement.
1: Yeah, it just it feels kind of clunky. Like I'm, you, you guys know me. I've. Of the three of us, I'm probably the least likely to rip play calling because there's so many things that go into it. And it's it's just sometimes it's hard to like they have gone in with a game plan of some kind. And we aren't privy to all that information. And we're not sitting here breaking down the film with them. But it has felt very discombobulated and clunky so far. Like it's fair to say that, that it doesn't feel smooth. It almost feels and looks like Kirk Cousins has never worked in this system before or something in some ways. Right. Right. Now, some of these guys haven't. I mean, like Drew Samia was making his first real significant appearance cool. of of his career yesterday. And the, that was a total disaster. The
2: script, right? the scripted plays so far, and they've scored on their opening drive of the first two games. The scripted plays look pretty good, and they've got the bootlegs and rollouts and things that look familiar and work. And then after the script ends, it's sort of like Kirk's like, "But I can't improv." And that's the,
1: and actually <laughs> that's that's a good segue into, I don't do improv. Kirk Cousins isn't good enough. And I know that a lot of you guys who've been listening to Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, Scornart.com, or watching our videos on YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast get frustrated when we tag team and and pile on Kirk Cousins. And we have been probably a lot more hard on Kirk Cousins the last couple years, than certainly than uh, other media outlets in town. And yesterday is the reason why. Because he isn't good enough to rise above, he's not good enough in two ways. He's not good enough to rise above adverse circumstances when things aren't perfect or near perfect around him. He isn't good enough to rise up, to put a team on his back, to make a play that you wouldn't expect him to make, whether it's with mobility, which he doesn't have any, or just sort of turning the pressure around and and making a big swing play. Not that he's never done it in his career. We certainly saw the throw to Thielen in the Saints game in the playoffs, but like when you literally have to rack your when I when I say how many times with with the world crumbling around him has Kirk Cousins risen up and had a jump on my back moment or drive or half right when you have to sit and cherry pick well there was that Denver game oh but that throw to Thielen against the Saints like you literally have to go through his entire career and like, oh, there was that one time, and then there was another time over here, and I think he had, like, there was the you like that game. Like, he had the you like that game when he was in Washington. There's there's three. Mm -hmm. Three, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen because he's not good enough to do it. And so that brings me to my second thing that he's not good enough for. He's not good enough to be the sixth highest paid quarterback relative to the salary cap average annual value over the course of the contract. He's not good enough to make that kind of money, and that's the frustration. If Kirk Cousins was Gardner Minshew and he made $600,000, I'd say, oh, that's too bad. Like, ideally, he'd be better, but he was like a sixth-round pick and whatever. Like, But when you when you give him that contract, you're putting a spotlight on him and you're putting attention and pressure on him that is warranted. And so, like, you can sit here and say, well, he's not like, – wh- what do you mean? Like, Russell Wilson, he's not Russell Wilson. He's not Pat Mahomes. So why, why are you comparing him to those guys? Because he makes ridiculous money and prevents the Vikings from making their roster around him better. So it is so frustrating to watch that yesterday and to be like, well, he's got to go look at the film. And, well, the rest of the team was bad, too. Yeah, but it all starts with the most influential, important player on the roster, and that's Kirk Cousins. Like, you can't, I'm sorry, but you can't be 6 of 20 for 70 yards, no touchdowns, and three picks. And I don't care if we can sit here and say, well, one of the picks was a Hail Mary. Like, they weren't all his fault. He can't be that bad. Like, you have to find a way to be better in that situation when there's that much of a spotlight on you. And this is just the story of Kirk Cousins. And people in Washington are watching that yesterday, and they're saying, yep, that's why we didn't want him to sign for the big contract. Former, former
2: teammates are saying the exact same but, thing. So Kirk Cousins is not good enough. That's my statement. The run, the run defense. This is frightening. The run defense ultimately in 2020 will be worse than the past defense for the Vikings. That's my statement, and here's the why. The pass defense is bad because the back end is young. The the Vikings didn't sign a veteran corner. They're asking just simply too much of uh, Dantzler when he can play, Gladney, Holton Hill, Mike Hughes. I think those guys probably will start to develop some. Not saying that they're going to be perfect. There's nothing to help the run defense. Michael Pierce is sitting out the entire year. They have a bunch of basically backup type of players trying to stop the run up the middle. (laughs) Those guys are not going to improve. They are who they are, which is rotational guys who used to come in after Linval Joseph or they were going to come in after Michael Pierce. You are taking chess pieces that you had a role for and now saying, hey, we need you to play more snaps, we need you to start, and we need you to be good. They are going to continue to get abused in the run game and unless they find some type of magic on the waiver wire it ain't gonna stop like the guys
1: they're using like really a- along the entire defensive line i'll put a denebo in there too denebos like situationally decent in terms of pass rushing but it's it's basically unique in Gakwe and three guys that you would only use to give a breather to the real starter right mm-hmm. like linval Limbaugh- mm-hmm. joseph's like ah oh. Hold on
2: a second. Yeah. I, Give me the I oxygen my gas in Philadelphia. Gas
1: yep. or, my, or in this case, like if Michael Pierce was playing this year. Yes. Or, man, Daniil Hunter has just been getting after it for 15 straight plays. Like, I just, I need a breather for a second. All yeah. right, put in some other guy. Absolutely. Like, the some other guy is three quarters of their defensive line right now. Unfortunately. And, Woof. Yeah, and the
2: run is going to continue to gash him.
0: All right, I will go a little positive here. Shockingly, there's like one positive I can take away from yesterday's game.
1: Punting? Trying to think if we, can we try to guess it if you want.
0: Hmm. <laughs> the positive. Uh, Bingo. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Unique Ngakwe. Statistically, he was. Pretty he had good, a good sorry. game yesterday. Okay. Uh, Twenty-five passing, pass rushing snaps yesterday. PFF gave him a ninety grade. Uh, he forced a fumble, I believe, or he had a sack. He he was all over the quarterback. He did what he was supposed to be, do in being brought in here, and. Yes, you still need Daniil Hunter, who literally creates like six pressures a game, and the Vikings as a whole aren't doing a good job as a unit getting after the quarterback. We saw it again against Phillip Rivers, even with the Colts having a pretty decent offensive line. But I will say, I, I feel like if Unique if Ngakwe had another bad performance, like he did in week one, I know he's trying to get up to speed, so there's a lot of variables against him. I think there would have been some more headhunters against him. So I think it was important for Unique Ngakwe to at least get after the quarterback and prove that, all right, if Daniil Hunter does come back eventually, you're going to have just two monsters on the ends. The
1: Vikings had six hurries yesterday. Six.
2: Against Father Time. It's pretty bad.
1: (laughs) Football. All right. Back to the Vikings discussion and mostly us just pulling our hair out uh, in just a second here. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners since 1904 in the state of Minnesota. And they want you to know, if you're a business owner out there, they want you to know that you local business owners – are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And Federated is honored to serve and help protect your business. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Face-to-face, socially distanced, of course. At Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Rated A-plus superior by AM Best Company. Football. In terms of pressures... Old man quarterback. They did have nine total pressures when you account for... Some of the other like hits and sacks, but uh, guess what? Philip Rivers is help. Philip Rivers is a statue, man. <laughs> that guy used to be mobile like twenty years
0: ago. Yeah, hey, so. used to be able to move. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, so did I. He's my guy, my guy, Philip Rivers. He's my age. Um, Viking statements continue here. Ah, uh, I think the season's over in terms of like playoffs. I I, I just don't. I, these first two games, like home against the Packers on the road against Indianapolis, most of us when picking the schedule had them starting two and zero.
2: You should hope it is.
1: Well, we can get. Yeah, we'll I mean, get to that part of it. You, yes, we'll get. We'll definitely I'm, get to that. Part I'm of
2: it. with you on both of those statements.
1: But somebody had sent me here. Uh, Track Phantom sent me this screenshot on Twitter today. He's got the information. The Vikings have started zero to twelve times in franchise history. I believe okay. that's before this one. Okay. Ten of the twelve ended up as losing seasons overall. I'll give you the records in a second. And just once did they make the playoffs, and it was a first round wild card loss, two thousand and eight, when they grinded their way. And then that and then that two thousand and eight season they catapulted with
2: Brett Favre the right. next off season. Hey, they found a quarterback then, the next season. Imagine next,
1: that. Yep. And so um overall when the Vikings start 0-2, their winning percentage in those years was thirty-seven percent. Two and eleven, seven and seven, three seven and three. Seven and nine, three and thirteen, five and eleven, six and ten, nine and seven, ten and six. And playoffs, uh, the most recent ones were two thousand ten. They went six and ten after starting zero and two. Mm-hmm. Two thousand eleven, they went three and thirteen after starting zero and two. And two thousand thirteen, they went five ten and one after starting zero and two. And here's the problem: Tennessee's coming to town. That's a punchy in the mouth team. They're two and zero on the season. They're going to run.
2: Yeah, Derrick Henry's going to run right over you.
1: I mean, and Ryan Tannehill's been. Like mostly really good since he uh, got to Tennessee. Can you play cornerback? Then you go on the road. Now Houston's not a great overall team. So I I, I don't think that's just gonna be like an automatic loss, but Deshaun Watson, if you're getting carved by Phillip Rivers to some extent, I wouldn't say they got carved by Rivers, but like what's Deshaun Watson gonna do in that game? Can you say at Seattle? Can
2: you say lose contain? They're going to lose contain on Deshaun Watson. Like
1: realistically. The bye week is week seven. Like, realistically, these next four games Tennessee, Houston, Seattle, those games on the road, then home against Atlanta. And Atlanta's kind of broken, but they, you know, they jumped up to a 20 point lead on Dallas in that game. And I don't know if the Vikings have the 20 points down firepower to come back against Atlanta like Dallas did. I mean, how many games can they win of these next four? They have to win at least two to even, like, give yourself a prayer. Go through them again, Tennessee. Tennessee, Houston, Seattle, Atlanta. And they're already 0 2. Like if they split those games, they're two and four, and then it's at Green Bay out of the bye, like, and then you still have Tampa and Brady, and they look great yesterday. You still have Dallas, and then the, the Chicago's two and zero. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, and in, in Green Bay and Chicago are both two and zero to start the season. So like it's it's the blink of an eye, but the season started eight days ago, and it just feels like it's over already.
0: So. <laughs>
2: I'd like to offer this uh, definitive declarative Viking statement as a mea culpa. Josh Klein wasn't as bad as we thought. Vikings right guard, who was jettisoned, I think, mainly for uh, contractual and probably partially play purposes after last season, and replaced first by Pat Elfline, who was just going to move from left to right guard, because if you're not good at left guard, you must be good at right guard. And then he got hurt in practice last week, and as Dex talked about, Drew Samia started at right guard, and Drew Samia, not surprisingly, was not good because he's new at starting and playing offensive line in the National Football League. Mia culpa Josh Klein you weren't as bad as we thought cuz I don't re- I don't recall anybody being as poor uh as the Vikings right guard play has been so far th- this year with Josh Klein last year. I don't think Josh Klein was great no, I, I, and is fine. and you know he is uh he's probably below what we would consider to be a league average right guard but that yesterday was horrific and really the play at right guard Packers game and the Colts game horrific
1: hey who who gave up the like the initial pressure on that safety and by the way that safety the, the I feel like the offensive line gave Kirk Cousins, that was on Cousins plenty of time to at least get rid of the ball but... or get
2: out of the end zone yeah like you can't decide as the whistle is blowing oh I should get out of the end zone now yeah. I think that, it was I think it came from Samia initially uh because it, it was a uh, DeForest Buckner who got the sack and the safety but Unlike a week ago, the debate here is not long. It's on Kirk Cousins to get out of the end zone or throw the ball
1: away. Actually, real quick, uh, a sub-declarative statement underneath Judd's statement. The Vikings, I believe I saw this from Courtney Cronin yesterday, are the most prolific regular season safety-taking team in the NFL's history. Three consecutive... Regular season games going back to week 17, having taken a save. Oh,
0: that's nice. So,
1: got that going. Got that going it's only me. two
2: points, yeah. you guys. And possession.
1: That's great. I like one of our one of our guys on Ventline yesterday. And by the way, uh, cheap plug, Vikings Ventline, we set a new record yesterday for the most number of people watching and listening to Vikings Ventline. Uh, hate that it had to be the way that it was, but um, thank you guys. You can find Vikings Ventline live after every Vikings game on score north twitter and facebook and also youtube.com slash purple daily podcast and one of our guys who came in one of our guests we bring we bring fans into the video with us and he said i can't remember he made some funny comment about uh kirk cousins and safeties but go go watch the video cheap plug declan goff go ahead
0: yeah i would uh I want to see more of Justin Jefferson. And I I don't know if that's necessarily just not on Jefferson not getting open enough, but I want to see this kid more. He was a first-round pick. He's obviously not Laquan Treadwell, right? Like, he's clearly not a bust. I don't think he's a bust. He can run a route. He's smart. He was prolific at LSU. But I, And he did technically lead the team in receiving yesterday with three catches for 44 yards. A lot of garbage time there. But yeah, a lot of garbage time. I want to see this dude play. And I, I want to see if he's going to be legit and can be the guy that can eventually replace Stephon Diggs. You can't just solely replace Stephon Diggs. We're seeing that right now in Buffalo. The dude's blowing up. He's exactly what they were looking for. But I want to see more of Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, I mean... I it, it is it is nice to see him getting some run there in the second half uh, because I think everything we've seen of him so far is like it's encouraging. Like he can run routes, he seems to be fairly reliable yeah. in the short number of targets or whatever time that we've seen him to this point. So I don't know. It just, it, it just kind of feels like the Vikings don't really activate all of their weapons until it's too late, and that's where we go back to play calling. It just it feels clunky until oh we're
2: down by two touchdowns now so. Oh now we'll get is Justin that, Jefferson. Is involved. that because is that because the quarterback's not comfortable trying I, I right. just I don't understand it. Right. Yeah. You're a veteran quarterback. Yeah.
1: Come um on. all right. Viking statements continued here. I think it was a mistake to give all three of the GM, the coach, and the quarterback multi year contract extensions. And I get that the Kirk Cousins contract was more to like open up some cap space for the season, but now you're locked into For sure a guaranteed 2021 and ten million dollars in dead cap space in two thousand twenty-two. So like Kirk Cousins is the gift that keeps giving until 2023 in some form or another financially. And when you look at like where does Mike Zimmer, where does Rick Spielman, where does Kirk Cousins fall in terms of like their peers and where they would rank? None of them are disasters. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins was a disaster yesterday, but he's still like one of the fifteen or twenty best quarterbacks in the world. He's certainly not Sean Mannion bad. Like, he's he's a competent NFL quarterback, all right? Mike Zimmer is a good NFL head coach. He's not Bill Belichick. I don't think he's Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he's certainly like what Pete Carroll has done the last nine or ten years in Seattle. He's a, he's a good head coach with a good record, and there's other teams that would certainly let their current coach go for what Mike Zimmer has done with the Vikings the last seven years. Rick Spielman's a good GM, hasn't been able to find a long-term franchise quarterback. Um, but what, what my point is, you would never look at any of those three and say, yep, like you could make a case for that being the best GM, the best coach, the best quarterback. They've locked into comfortable. They've locked into good, not great. In some cases, mediocre. They've just sort of said like, you yeah, know, we're not, we're not a train wreck. Like we're not three and 13. We're not five and 15. We're not the Browns. We're not the Lions. Like nine and seven, like eight and eight. All right. Once in a while. You pop to, you know, a big time record and go to the NFC Championship game, but I'm just so sick of this franchise being comfortable. I want a Super Bowl in this town. It's been 50 years of comfortable. It's time for a Super Bowl. Mike Zimmer versus the Packers and the Bears since he took took office, so to speak, as the Vikings coach in 2014. Yeah, against the Packers and the Bears, he's 11-13 and one. All right, that's well, that's fine. I mean, and one of those wins was over. Uh, Brett Hundley technically. So right. like so I guess you could say it's more like 10 13 1 yeah, which and then Brett Hundley over here. Which certainly is not great. And so I just I just think it's fair to say it was a mistake giving all three of those guys multi-year contract extensions. You you've locked into comfortable.
2: So my final declarative statement is this. Uh but before again the Vikings 10th and final series on Sunday when the game was done, right? In which Cousins was four of four for fifty-two yards, and I believe the drive ended with a Dalvin Cook touchdown. Kirk Cousins was seven of twenty-two for sixty-one yards. So that's the first nine series: seven of twenty-two for sixty-one yards. Dude, here's my statement: I would have benched Kirk Cousins for Mannion in the second half. Wow! And here's why: Wow, benching a quarterback can go wow. benching a quarterback can go one of two ways. One is. The quarterbacks are close enough where it's going to create controversy the next week. And I'll grant you that's a pain in the ass, okay? But the second one is motivation and doing anything you can to push the buttons of said laid back, to use Phil's word, comfortable. And I will go beyond that and say in life and on the field, entitled, which is Kirk Cousins. He is an entitled quarterback. Benching him for Mannion would have embarrassed him, which is what I'm after here. Because I'm at my wits end. What's going to get this guy to realize that he's my quarterback and I've got no choices? But maybe I do. I would have benched Kirk Cousins for Mannion in the second half and said, Kirk, you're going to watch the second half because what you're doing now is unacceptable and you are, in my opinion, the face of this loss.
1: Wow. that's pretty. Um, so just to clarify, you're not saying Sean Mannion would have given the Vikings a better chance. To Zero win. chance. You're, you're doing it strictly to say... What are we doing here, buddy? Yes. And I franchise
2: quarterback. And he is. I am convinced in watching him play and watching his actions. He is an entitled human being who I want to yank the entitlement carpet out from under and wake him up. There's just like there's no. I don't even, I'm, I'm fishing for words like edge,
1: alpha, bleep you. Like there's there's none of that with him. He showed it once. When he did the you like that at the general manager of the Washington football team, right? It's like Well yeah, I mean he's he has perked up before. Right, but where is that on a regular basis? But you're getting embarrassed. And it's and clearly like these are all rhetorical questions, like he doesn't have it in him. That's the reality. I think my question off your statement would be if you're still defending Kirk Cousins and if you're still well, the rest of the team was bad too. Well what do you mean? The offensive line is garbage. What's he supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, there's been, pl- there's been plenty of pocket passer quarterbacks that have had to play behind bad offensive lines, and guess what? They figure it out. So what yeah. is the defense at this point? Like, the, the the defenses are really, well, the other things around him. Okay, then go but, get a guy that makes $30
2: million less. But what's the second half of Sunday's game about, in your opinion? Because in mine, it's this game is lost. Like, we're playing terrible this, ga- this game to me becomes a puppet string game of whose strings can I pull. And yeah. the one person that I know I can yank his chain really pretty simply is Kirk Cousins, who has proven to me during the first half of that game he deserves it. Do you think if you were to have, have, have pulled that string, do you think
1: he's the type of guy that would respond positively to that? Not like be happy about it, but would react and play his best football for a stretch? You know what? Next week and beyond?
2: I don't know. I want to find out. Because if he doesn't, if he goes into more of a shell, that tells me a ton. And, and if I'm the coach, I can't worry about his contract. I can't worry about his feelings, which I think Mike doesn't care about. But that, to me, was a benchable moment.
0: Dex, your final declarative statement. Yeah, I'll say that if they lose embarrassingly again against the Titans, and I know the Titans are good, and you got Texans and the Seahawks coming up, I think hot seat starts to talk if you lose again, embarrassingly, tomorrow. Or next Sunday. I think the hot seat starts. Patrick Royce is all for it. He was He's going to be something up here that, in the Pat? background. That was Royce Royce laugh, yeah. I,
1: th- <laughs> 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 I think hot seat starts. So you're saying Mike Zimmer.
0: Yes. I well, think they, the hot they, seat
1: starts. And Judd, you brought this up on Ventline yesterday. It was a question that popped up. When the Vikings fired Brad Childress in 2010, different circumstance. It was more of like they were mad that he cut Randy Moss, that is and right? Insubordinate. But it was a guarantee. They, they had signed him to a contract extension before the year, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, in 2009. Exactly a year before they fired him. They had signed him through to an extension through, I think, 2011.
1: Okay, so he only really had like a year and a half left. I think Zimmer has, I think it's a three-year deal, right? He yeah, they this just year. signed him to
2: a, no, four years. It's this Just, year on the final year and then 21, 22, 23. So
1: they'd have to, so they'd have to eat. That's a, I'm guessing that's
2: a fully guaranteed contract. It's they'd have to eat Good conversation. Yeah, we we could certainly vet this out, but it would be a huge bite of the apple to do that right now, financially. My
1: God. Eat some
0: scapegoat. All right. And all I love of the this, statement. Right,
1: May Pat left. I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to sort of hit and run with this statement because we'll, we'll eventually do this episode probably this week. But my final statement is... It's time for the Vikings to consider tanking for Trevor. Or there's an episode. Right what's there. what's the um, what's the Justin Fields one?
0: Like a uh, like the hashtag.
1: Yeah, like ju- just lose for Justin. Sure. I don't know. There's we got to F- come up with some of these.
2: There's an F that came to mind, but I can't use it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's time to start discussing what would be better for the long term viability of the franchise. Is it just? Embrace the suck and go three and thirteen, and draft as high as possible in a great quarterback draft, or keep grinding the season out and keep grinding Kirk, you know Kirk Cousins, the next two or three years, and see what happens. Like it is legitimately time to start discussing. All right, what what are we doing here? What's what's happening at quarterback? How how, how do you get your mitts on one of these? Sounds three like an entire dude episode of
2: uh, Purple Daily.
1: I think it might have to be. You like that. Like that. Hey, you held him 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end,
0: but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah.
1: And, that went, and then it all went downhill after that. So uh, those are your Viking statements here on Purple Daily following just an absolute bleep show of a loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Any final thoughts here? Any final statements? before? There's a lot more to get to later in the week here on Purple Daily. Well, We, so we got know.
2: Zim Job Watch. Mm-hmm. We got Tank for Trevor. I'm excited about the rest of the week.
1: Man. You know, I I sort of, sometimes when this happens to Minnesota sports teams, I start to go into, like, okay, I start to want, like, the now I'm looking at the long play here, all right? And so if that means, if if losing to the Titans and losing to the Texans means, like, a better young quarterback comes in or a more offensive-minded approach in an offensive era of the NFL, like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So thanks for everyone hanging out with us on Purple Daily today, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com. If you give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple, it's very
0: helpful to spread the word about the show. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. We are giving away a Corona Hard Seltzer Ultimate Home Tailgate Party, which includes a 65-inch TCL TV with a sound bar, $200 worth of Grundhoffer's Meats, and $100 to MGM Wine & Spirits. Here's how to enter. Download the Score North app in the free Apple and Google Play stores, register your name and email, and then enter through Listener Rewards.